0: says you're a dead fuck. Just because you're playing cool, don't think you got this fool tonight, all right.
1: Everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Exploited, the show where we talk about exploitation and exploitation adjacent films. I'm Alexis Jowski.
2: And I like to practice silent jazzercise in, in my back room as well. <laughs> you just watch it. Yes, I'm Kevin Daly. And this week we're talking about Friday the
1: 13th, Part 4, the final chapter, 1984, yeah. directed by Joseph Zito.
0: You have felt the terror. Known the madness. Lived the horror. But this is the one you've been screaming for. Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Jason is back. He moves. Like a shadow, dark and silent. Now you
1: change your mind?
0: He never utters a word. He doesn't even seem to breathe. the house of Clarksgrove? Simply, mindlessly, <laughs> mercilessly,
1: <laughs>
0: kills. But now, jason's reign of terror is over friday the 13th the final chapter friday april 13th is jason's unlucky day
2: this f- final chapter not not, there's no way there's, like, seven more movies that follow this one. Yeah, there's quite a lot that follow this one.
1: It was intended to be the finale.
2: So was the third, and the second, and the first.
1: Yeah, well, the slashers were on a decline, and the producer, Frank Mancuso Jr., he really wanted to disassociate himself with this franchise, because he felt he wasn't getting any respect for his work. Um, During this same era, though, Mancuso produced, well, he kept on producing all these Friday the 13th movies, he didn't get himself away from it until after part seven.
2: Well, they were still making money.
1: Yeah, um, he did manage to produce April Fool's Day, which we'll do sometime. I wonder what when we're doing that one. Groundhog Day. Yeah, we'll do it Groundhog Day. And um, and back to the beach, which we mentioned before. Yeah. But after the Friday movies, he went on to do um uh, such cult favorites as Cool World, Species, I Know Who Killed Me. So yeah, I like my-
2: I liked Cool World. I don't care
1: what anybody said. Oh, we'll, we'll have that fight some other day.
2: <laughs> to be fair, I haven't seen it since it came out, but I liked it at the time.
1: So they uh, they got director Joseph Zito, who has directed the slasher film The Prowler, and they brought him on, and they're like, we also want you to write it. And he's like, oh, but, uh, but I'm not a writer. Th- they're like, we'll pay you double. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'm a writer.
2: <laughs> I'll figure it out.
1: yeah. He used that extra pay to pay somebody else to write the script. Clever. Yeah. But that other guy did receive credit, though it did cause some problems with the WGA. Yeah, that's, uh, that's how Hollywood works. And since this was the finale, they got Tom Savini back on for makeup and effects.
2: Uh, pretty fucking good.
1: Yep. Telling him like, hey, you created Jason. Why don't you come on and help us kill him? And this movie had a budget of $2.2 million, and it grossed thirty six point
2: five. A massive profit margin.
1: Yeah, so of course they had to keep the making more.
2: I mean, you know, it's by it's the 13th, part 5, the search for more money. I mean, it's... Yeah. You keep making... Look, this is this is 1980s to 2023 current American capitalism. You keep making shit and run it to the ground so it no longer makes money. Then you stop. Yep. and then ten years later you reboot it. Yeah, you, you do, the do same a new thing remake again, over, and you repeat this over
1: and over and over again. Um, why bother coming up with original ideas?
2: Yeah, you just let the old one sit and 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 stew for a while. Let people forget about it and go, "Oh yeah, that was a series I liked when I was a kid." Yeah, let's let's you know
1: Frankenstein, you know, bring back from the dead this series like they and, did with uh, uh, Exorcist this past week.
2: Yeah, that movie, Halloween twice. Oh yeah, they've
1: done that twice with Halloween, three Man, times.
2: The, the Halloween continuity is so fucking weird.
1: Yeah, because um, you get ones that come along. They're like, "Well, this is like only the first one happened." Okay, well, this one is only these two movies happened.
2: Yeah, it's it's fucking bizarre. I was reading about it today because I was discussing with my wife that we've actually not done Halloween, ironically. Yeah, I was thinking about that today too. Which is something we should probably do at some point. It's John Carpenter. It's in our wheelhouse. But yeah. So I was looking over the series and it was like, I, this is <laughs> fucking batshit. Like, how many alternate timelines? My wife goes, it's like Legend of Zelda. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> alternate timelines. There's one with Paul Rudd and like it's the cult
1: of Jason or something. And not Jason, <laughs> Michael Myers. Michael Myers.
2: We, we'll get to those eventually. We're getting a little off topic, but yes. Yeah. Um, we should we should do those as well?
1: Yeah. Before we jump back into Friday the Thirteenth, Part Four, though, you should definitely check out our website, ExploititPodcast dot com, for you know all of our episodes. Um, I should definitely open this script here. Yep. Total
2: fucking professional.
1: Yeah. 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 So make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check out the website. Follow us on Instagram at ExploititPodcast or on at Dead Ah, uh, yes. X gonna give it to you. X gonna give it to you. At Podcast Exploit. But you should definitely check out our Exploit at Discord, which you can get to through the website. There's a link right there. Uh, we do the the live streaming show every Thursday night now, The Watch Party. Where, uh, by the time this one airs, the last one we did was that uh, TV version of Friday the 13th Part 8. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which, we're not doing that movie for
2: a while yet, though. Yeah, we're we're only going through uh, five this week, so we're yeah. still a few away from that one.
1: But yeah, so, Friday the 13th Part 4, we again have music by Manfredini. Thankfully yeah. not the disco version. No, no. Uh, we get a recap of the previous films using that exact same campfire story from Part 2 as a framing.
2: Previously, on Friday the 13th.
1: Um, get used to that campfire tale. I know it's not in five. But it's in yeah, like
2: it's all of them. <laughs> five is a very weird one, but we'll talk about that when we. And
1: so they recap, like they tell the story of Jason, recapping all of his kills. Some of them are not his kills. Some of them are from part one.
2: Sure, his mom's kills.
1: Yeah, but the, we don't talk about his mom in this one. No. After the embarrassment of the ending of three, I guess they decided to just take the mom out of out of existence. Yeah. And then. We get the the hockey mask, and then just it explodes. Michael Bay loves this intro. Yeah. And the credits are flying at us. Introducing Corey Feldman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's a thing. Well, we'll have a lot more to say about him, I'm sure, his performance
2: in this movie. Corey Feldman just plays Corey Feldman in this movie.
1: He does. It's not as fun of a role that he had in Goonies or...
2: No. Even if it is basically the same character, transporting that same character into this movie does not particularly work.
1: Well, it's not quite the same. This one's smarter, but also dumb. He does some dumb
2: shit in this movie, this fucking kid. (laughs) Kind of oblivious, but anyway, yes, we'll we'll get to him soon.
1: And so after the credits, we get the, the barn from the end of the third movie, and they're talking and taking care of the carnage. There's all these millions of cops... There's three different styles of ambulances in one shot. <laughs>
2: I have to point out that they have a in the credits, they have twin girls listed. And I'm like, hmm, I'm sure there's going to be nothing sexualized about them. Oh yeah. I mean, when <sighs> fucking movies, it's like you see a you see twin girl names, like yeah, they're just going to be there for for, for sexy time. Yeah. And so they they got
1: Jason loaded up onto a stretcher. His hand falls out, scares the heck out of this poor paramedic.
2: I do like that. It's like in the immediate aftermath of the third movie. Yeah. Like, so, no, no 10 years later, some shit shit, just like a direct con- connection to the previous movie.
1: And the previous one was like the next day after the second one. Yeah. So it's this, uh, been one this, really terrible yeah, weekend.
2: Yeah. This, this trill, this, this three parter in the middle here is a uh, quite, quite a weekend.
1: Yeah. And so they get, jason's body to the to the corner and this coroner named axel burns is a piece of shit
2: yeah he's eating like a sandwich and then he like wipes his hand and like starts looking at the body i'm like sanitary
1: yeah he um he's like yeah i got this other body this cute girl over there they're like was a cute girl he's like still is all you gotta do is just go over there, take off your pants, and they're like, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> His name is Buck, and he likes to party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he says he's kidding, when they're like, you fuck the dead? He, he's not kidding. He's not kidding. This guy, the guy that plays Axel Burns, the actor is Bruce Mailer. Do you know what he's famous for? No. He played Sergeant... Fackler, well, Cadet Fackler, then Sergeant Fackler in Police Academy 1, 2, 3, and 6. Oh. Um, that's what he's famous for. He's, he's a comedian in most of his other roles.
2: I mean, I think this character is supposed to make you laugh, but also just kind of icky.
1: Yeah, because then he goes and starts sexually harassing this nurse, Nurse Morgan. And she's like, Axel, stop, stop, Axel. I will not fake any more orgasms for you, Axel.
2: Yeah, this character, we have a similar version of this character in the next movie as well. Like, What's it with these weird, creepy medical guys and these nurses? They're like, fine, I'm I'm bored enough to fuck you, let's go. But
1: also, four and five are the horniest parts of this franchise.
2: Oh. Oh, I wrote that, too. Like, uh, later when the kids show up in the car, I'm like, this, these movies get thirstier each time.
1: Yeah, this one, so much that there's actually a character that says, I'm so horny.
2: Yep.
1: Um, But but this nurse, the actress is Lisa Freeman. She was one of Leia Thompson's friends in Back to the Future 1 and 2. Ah. She was also in a, a movie called Savage Streets with Linda Blair. And it was Sounds di- like
2: something we would do. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. We totally would do Savage Streets. It was also directed by Danny Steinman, who's a director we'll be talking about very soon. Short- Shortly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say.
2: We, uh, we watched one of his this week, in
1: fact. Yeah. So Axel keeps harassing this nurse that doesn't want to go with him, and she's like, he's like, oh, why? Are you on your period? So he's down in the morgue again, and he's watching
2: this aerobics video. Yeah. Jazzercise in Silence.
1: It's actually called this this video actually exists. It's called Aerobicise, the beautiful workout. It's distributed by Paramount.
2: Oh, well, yeah, of course.
1: I I actually checked this out. I'm going to link you the the YouTube link in the chat.
2: Nice. So I can put this on and have silence. Uh...
1: Yep, there's you go. There's the whole workout video with the original music from the video.
2: You gotta leave it you gotta leave it on with you no know, sound though because yeah just oh, loop it. it and mute it that's right because that's what's going on in this this is the weirdest exercise video like ever
1: yeah they're it's not just even
2: like exercise they're not talking
1: just, about exercising
2: just like booty in the air just is like get low it's
1: like get low the exercise and the camera's focusing on their 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 tits um it's somebody's like weird stroke video is what it is Yeah, this is very bizarre. Nurse Morgan comes down, but she just wants to watch the news about the Crystal Lake Massacre. And when they're like, oh, the the body was moved to this hospital, they're like, yeah, that's us. Yay, they mentioned us on TV. Yeah. So then he, he, I don't know why she decides to just start making out
2: with him now. (laughs) I'm just, like I said, I think she's just bored as fuck. Probably horny. Just, you know, Baldur's Gate 3 levels of horny and just like. Like fine, he's a it's a dick. We'll we'll make it work. We'll just fuck right next to this dead
1: body, whatever. Until Jason's hand falls out of the, the thing and hits this girl's thigh, and she, they all get scared, and he jumps up screaming. Yeah, Axel is screaming. Holy Jesus, jumping Christmas shit. Pretty sure that was
2: uh, not not actually on the script. Yeah, that's an ad lib. That sounds like uh, a bad Chevy Chase ad lib. Yeah, and um. So nurse, he's Chevy Chase at home. He is. The nurse is like, "Up, I'm, I'm, I'm done." She goes
1: back to the nurse's station, regretting everything. And um, so we get stuck with Axel watching the the sex aerobics again. Thankfully, before he can get off to it, Jason shows up with a hacksaw and takes off this dude's head. Yep. Yep. Jason's just back alive again.
2: Like, yeah. Th- kills already getting pretty fucking intense. Just like straight off the bat, like. Hits him with the hacksaw and then like twists his neck around like we're watching uh <laughs> what was that movie? Yeah.
1: Insidious or malignant?
2: Malignant. That was what it, I don't know why I keep getting movies confused. Same director. That's probably why.
1: Yeah, and then for no reason, Jason goes up and kills this nurse. Well, she was about to have sex with him, so that that just gets you insta killed. Yeah, he he could smell the the, the almost sex. Yeah. Yeah, because he doesn't kill anybody else in the hospital. He just, like, walks on out of the hospital, I guess.
2: Yeah, she gets kind of a rough death, too. Like, like gutted.
1: Yeah, like he lifts much. her up by, his, by her throat. Yeah, the perv got off easier. So, then it's boomed. It's the next day, and we, we get to meet the, the, the Jarvis family. Uh, we get the daughter, Trish, and the mother, Tracy, jogging in the woods, bouncy, bouncy. Um, we get a POV spying from from nobody. Jason hasn't shown up. Cameraman spying on them now. uh, Trish is played by Kimberly Beck, who was in some stuff that's at the bottom of our maybe list. Things like Roller Boogie, Messenger of Death, and then my note just says Tracy is played by Joan Freeman. I guess she wasn't in anything that I felt like noting. And then of course Corey Feldman is back at home. Um, he's dressed as an alien.
2: I think, is that a Vision? I feel like he's playing on the Coleco.
1: I thought it was a Commodore 64, because it has a full-ass oh. keyboard. You know what, it might be a Commodore
2: 64.
1: Yeah, he's not playing with a controller, he's playing on a keyboard. But he's he's dressed as an alien, because he's like a little Tom Savini Jr. He does special effects. And he's
2: good at it, I'm not sure how, how he's learned how to do this, but he's actually really good at it. Yeah, he's 12, and he's a fucking genius. Makes better masks than anything you'd find in it. You know, a costume shop. And they're like, oh, hey,
1: the house next door's been rented out by some kids.
2: Yeah, ye oldie 1980s Airbnb.
1: Yeah. And then we meet those kids that are all in a car together singing some fucking dumbass jump rope song. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, the two in the back are...
1: Yeah, the two in the back. Jimmy and Ted. Uh- Ted
2: played Christian Glover. Yeah, well, Jimmy... Not Ted. Jimmy, Jimmy's Christian, Crispin Glover. Crispin
1: Glover plays Jimmy. Ted is played by Lawrence Monison. Yeah, and this character is fucking
2: terrible. Yeah,
1: um we almost did a movie of his cuz when we did Porky's it was originally paired with The Last American Virgin which oh, is starring him. Oh, start. Wow. Yeah, we 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 changed the schedule to do fucking American Pie.
2: I was okay with that. Yeah,
1: but we still might do Last American Virgin sometime. I mean, there's so many movies. <sighs> I mean, I've only seen one scene of Last American Virgin where this guy is judging people's dicks which fair yeah but in this he's uh Jimmy has just broken up with a girl named BJ Betty
2: yeah and uh, so I'll, I'll let everybody take a guess what BJ but what, what Betty is famous for doing yeah
1: BJ Betty you know and um so Ted runs it through his computer which which doesn't exist
2: no there's no computer just some fucking beer boxes
1: yeah and he's like oh well the computer says you're a dead fuck says it says you're a dead fuck. What? A dead fuck? A lousy lay. You know, a dead... Pet. Oh, I see. Oh, don't hold it back for me, Doc. I can take it. Give it to me straight. I did not say it. The computer did. Yeah, well, there is no computer. Aha! Uh-huh. And there's no Betty, either. And I'm a dead fuck. Like I said, the computer don't lie.
2: God, I'm forty. This character Jimmy is so awkward. Yeah,
1: he is. He's he's our awkward one. He's our Shelley. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, well, I was gonna try to compare to somebody in five, but everybody in five is fucking awkward. Yeah. But the other teens in this car are Samantha, Sarah, Doug, and Paul, and I put none of them are notable except for Peter Barton has Doug. Because he'd previously done a horror movie called Hell Night with Linda Blair, and he was like, I hate horror, I'm never going back to it. Then he was the lead in a very short-lived television show called The Powers of Matthew Starr. I've never even heard of that one. Yeah, me neither. But his co-star on that was Amy Steele who played Ginny in part two. I was going to say. Dude. Yeah, and Another so the her? studio asked her to come back, and she's like, oh, fuck, no, I don't want to go back to that, but I, I can find you somebody. Let me talk to my, my buddy Peter, and he might be in your movie. Yeah, you kill him off, it's fine. Yeah, and so they uh they stop their car next to the grave of Pamela Voorhees while they check a map. A little further down, there's a hitchhiker, who signed, on one side of her sign, it says Canada and love. But after they honk at her and they they say something, I don't know what they say to her. Something
2: misogynistic and or body shaming. Yeah,
1: because she's not a thin girl. Uh, She flips her sign around and it says, fuck you on the other side.
2: Obviously, this happens enough that uh, she felt the need to write on the other side as well.
1: Yeah. And so she sits down to eat a banana, which this was always Martha's favorite death in the whole franchise. (laughs) She would... Does does
2: Martha hate bananas?
1: (laughs) She would always be asking me, which is the one that has the banana death? It'd be like part four. That's my favorite.
2: We all have a favorite.
1: Yeah, because she she takes a bite of this banana, and then Jason comes up and stabs her through the neck. Really nice special
2: effect. Oh, I mean, it's Tom's opinion. Yes, it was very good.
1: And she just squeezes the shit out of this banana. I mean, I don't know why it's Martha's favorite, though. Maybe she just hates bananas. Maybe. I hate bananas. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but then we're back to the Jarvis family. They're sitting down for dinner. Um, Their dog, Gordon, arrives. They just let this dog randomly wander outside. Yeah,
2: in the woods. In the woods. Probably has ticks.
1: Yeah, he's been gone for, like, quite a while. And they're like, Gordon, you're finally back. And Mom's like, yep, leave him outside, okay? <laughs> I'm like, why isn't this dog feral? Yeah. But the the teenagers arrive, and so they all go out and introduce themselves. and, um, I think uh fucking Tommy Jarvis is ignorant that this is a teenage fuck house, right. Uh, Sister Trish knows she's making eyes at them. We get a little bit of backstory with some of these girls, but it's it's really not important at all. so except for the fact that Sarah is sleeping with Paul and they're they're about to have sex with the the blinds open. Because Tommy Jarvis sees boobs, um, and it's like the his first time ever seeing them, you know?
2: Yep. Yeah, it was tough to be a pervy kid pre internet. Yeah.
1: Um incidentally, Cory Feldman did not see these boobs. Sorry, right, Corey. No. Um he saw boobs later in the movie. Yes. Um, which were actually the first boobs he ever saw. Well, he- congratulations, Corey. But he says that on the commentary track, that it was like the first pair he ever saw on an adult. Um, For some reason, the IMDb trivia page says, aside from breastfeeding, this was the first pair of breasts he saw. And I'm like, why do you have to phrase it that way, IMDb?
2: I mean, in theory, yes. That is technically correct. The best kind is correct.
1: And how do you know Corey Feldman was breastfed? I mean,
2: (laughs) Corey added it himself. First
1: And so all the, the, the teens are on their way to the lake the next morning. Jimmy is like, I, I think I should call Betty. Ted's like, no, calling Betty is a dead fuck thing to do.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ted is all in on this dead fuck thing. Oh, yeah. We He's would, the kind of guy who would just be using, like, cuck non-ironically.
1: Um, Until they die, we will keep hearing dead fucks. We'll hear dead fuck until they are literal dead fucks. Yep. Then we meet the twins! Yeah! Tina and Terry, played by Camilla and Carrie Moore. Interestingly, a lot of discussion of this film was like, oh, they're the Doublemint twins, which, no, they're not. Double Mint Gum used a hell of a lot of twins, including Tia and Tamara Mowry, but they never used these two. And in fact, we ended up with twins as Camilla auditioned for a role in this film, and the producers saw on her resume that she has a twin sister, and they're like,
2: okay, you're both cast! Yeah, because they knew what they wanted to do with them, because there's this weird fetishization of female twins.
1: Yeah, I don't know why. And so these people are like, hey, twins, come skinny dipping with us. And they're like,
2: okay. Shocked, shocked. Actually, not that shocked.
1: So they all go skinny dipping, and Corey Feldman is chasing his dog down here, and he sees boobs. So his reaction to these is authentic.
2: Yeah. Uh, Trish. And then it's... And then his sister cock blocks him.
1: Yeah, she's like, Tommy, close your eyes. We must flee from the naked lake orgy.
2: Damn it. Damn it, Trish. Just, there's no Pornhub in 1984. Just let the boy enjoy it. Yeah. They
1: don't even notice he's there. Well, no, because they do say hi to Trish.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, they ask Trish to come with, to come join them.
1: And so they, uh, they drive away. And for some reason, uh, the car breaks down and Trish is like, Tommy, fix the car. It sends Tommy out to to open up the hood and and f- work on the car, and this random woodsman Rob shows up to save the day. And Tommy's like, "I think it's the solenoid," which I don't know if it was or not. But Rob just stabs the engine
2: with the screwdriver, and it works now. It's the American way: beat it until it works.
1: Yeah. So they're like, "Hey, come along with us. We'll give you a ride." What you doing in the woods? Hunting. What for? Bear. And Tommy calls bullshit on this, but well, we'll get more about that later, but he's hunting.
2: Is this a revenge film? Spoiler, yes. yes. This is a fucking revenge film.
1: But there, there's some problems with that revenge to address when we get to it. Yeah. So they get home, and Tommy's like, this is my new best friend! Come see my masks! Look up my feet! Neat room! And Rob's like, yeah, yeah, kid, that's great. I gotta get going
2: now. I gotta go camp in the woods. I'm I'm hunting the most dangerous game.
1: Yep. So we get to see the the teen party happening, which at first it's it's kind of lifeless. Everyone's just kind of just sitting around. Sarah and Paul are making out at the stairs. Jimmy and Ted are t- each have each taken a twin to flirt with. Right. And Jimmy's like, "Do you want to dance? I'll put on some music." And uh, he puts on this song. Hair metal. Yeah, this hair metal song. It's it's called "Love Is a Lie" by a band called named Lion. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and the original, like, when they shot the scene, they played back in black, um, but of course they didn't have the rights to that. They weren't going to pay the ACDC money. That's too much money, yeah. But it's nice to keep that in mind when you see the Crispin Glover dance.
2: Yeah, I, I, this is what I that's, uh, something. I feel like they didn't know what song they were going to put in and it said, you know, dance like an idiot.
1: Yeah, that's certainly one of the dances of all time.
2: That is one of the dances of all time.
1: Yeah, Sarah and Paul are like, oh, this is embarrassing for Jimmy, and they they change it to some slow dance jazz. And, uh, I have a note here, it's like, of the twins, Terry is into Jimmy, while Tina is into the already taken Paul, despite the fact that Ted is into Tina. So much fucking stupid shit teen drama. Yeah. And did you learn how to tell the twins apart? Nope. Tina, Didn't bother. That were Their tops are matching, but Tina has pink pants and Terry has white ones.
2: Oh, okay.
1: And the only way you know is when they they make the, the two girls do beer bongs, and one of them hands one and says, here, Tina, take this. That's the only t- spot where you can learn which t- twin is which, really. Well, yeah, other than later not- on when it's like, Tina, let's go, you know.
2: Yeah, it's not like the movie took a, took a lot of time to establish which one was which, because you know just, they were just both going to die shortly.
1: Um, and one problem I had with keeping track of names in my notes... Is, let's see. We have Ted, Tina, Trish, Tom, Tracy. The <laughs> There's six characters whose names start with T. So Tina starts flirting with Paul, and Paul flirts back. So Sarah's like, Well, fuck this. I'm going to go take a swim. Sam, right? Sam is the girl. Sam. Sarah's the virgin. Sarah's the virgin. Yeah, that's right. So Sam is like, I'm, I'm leaving. And so she goes swimming naked skinny dipping in the dark not the first time we've seen that in this franchise I'm sure it won't be the last and she goes out onto a raft where, where jason can hold his breath for like five fucking minutes
2: well you know once you once you drowned once well yeah he's also like undead he doesn't need to yeah, who anything. the fuck knows what he he's, he's become more than human at this point
1: yeah interesting on the the commentary track Tom Savini was very, very concerned about this girl's health. Like during the shoot, because they shot this in uh, from October to January. Oh no! And that water's like freezing cold, and this girl's like on the verge of hypothermia. And Tom Savini is like, "We have to t- get her out of the water." And uh, yeah, he's and, and he's talking about it on the commentary track. Like I was really concerned. They, they, they didn't know what they were doing. They could have killed this poor girl. <laughs> Good for Tom to. Stand up for her, I guess. Yep. Back at the party, Paul has a sudden change of conscience and turns down Tina and goes back after Sam or Sam.
2: His his dick went, hey, bro, I'm going to go get a beer. And when his dick left, he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I have a girlfriend. Sorry. And so Tina's like, well, well, I'm still horny. Hey, Jimmy, do you want to dance? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Tina's thirsty as fuck still. He's like, I'll take whatever I'll fuck anything that moves. She goes full Frank from Blue Velvet.
1: Yeah. And they dance for a second when Tina's like, Do you wanna go upstairs? Jimmy's like, Well 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 sure, okay. Meanwhile Terry is stuck with with Ted, who's just waving around this Teddy Bear going, Give Teddy Bear a kiss Yeah, Ted's pretty fucking pathetic. Yeah, Terry has no interest in him.
2: That's because uh, being an annoying shithead is not is not all that conducive to getting laid. You can be an asshole. Girls don't mind assholes. But being an annoying little shit, that yeah. doesn't work. And it
1: gets worse because uh, while Jimmy and Tina are upstairs fucking, Ted has discovered this ancient silent era stag films.
2: Yes, he's got. Like, <laughs> he's manages to find like some 1930s stag films, these old silent era stag
1: films. And he's like, let's put these on! And he's laughing at the, the women in this movie. And Terry's like, I'm done. I'm done.
2: Yeah, because Ted is body-shaming these girls who would have been considered super hot in the 1930s. Yeah, and so she goes upstairs. She's like,
1: Dina, let's go home. Tina's like, no, I'm getting my fuck on. i just take your umbrella with you. I'll, I'll see you later. So Terry goes outside, and she just screams to, to the air. She goes, you slut! Like, Before
2: you- You would have done the exact same thing if yours hadn't just, like, sucked.
1: Yeah. If Ted had been a decent guy, you'd have been in the same group.
2: Jason gets her, though.
1: Actually, a really neat death, because it happens in in Shadow. We see the silhouette against the side of the house. Yeah. And Terry's dead body slam against the house. It
2: was a pretty cool shot. Did Paul die already? Yeah, Paul went out and got stabbed in the raft. got got the most brutal death ever harpoon through the dick
1: yeah harpoon through the dick
2: yeah pretty uh pretty rough
1: sarah the virgin tells doug that like i'm going upstairs
2: and she yeah because i think she's been dating doug for a while yeah it's kind of implied when she's talking to sam earlier she's like oh you guys are in the same room together she goes really she's Like, yeah. don't worry they're bunk beds yeah she's
1: because he's like are you tired she's like no do you mind sleeping on the bottom? He's like, "Why? Do you want the top?" And she's like, "No." And so they. Yeah, really she's like decided.
2: Top. It's she's decided she's ready.
1: Tonight's the night, you know. It's a magical night, apparently.
2: Pretty bad time, given the type of killer that is out and about.
1: She's like, "I'm gonna go get ready. Come meet me in like ten minutes." Uh, meanwhile, we we go out to to Mrs. Jarvis comes home to a totally empty house with no power. Um, because come to think of it, where the fuck are Tommy and Trish?
2: Yeah. Where did they where, go? <laughs> they're still trying to get home, right?
1: Yeah, but no, they came home with
2: Rob. Where did they go after that? I don't and even then they remember. they just fucked off. They got the fuck out of the movie for a minute.
1: Yeah, of course the fucking dog is out there somewhere. And Mom just wanders off, and we never see her again.
2: Yeah, she apparently dies off-screen, we just never see it. And And we never see it referenced, and... In an alternate ending
1: that's on the uh, the, the Blu-ray, and it's in the work print, they're like, we're sorry about your mother, we found her body. But that's only in the alternate ending do they say that. Yeah, that's... uh, The regular version, Mom just wandered off.
2: That uh, could have been handled better.
1: Yeah. um, There's no death scene for Mom, ever. Shot. Um, during the uh, find all the bodies montage, there's no mom. Right. Yeah. Back in the the fuck house. <laughs> yeah. Sarah's changed and she's gotten ready for her first sex. Yeah, that's that's the the note that I have because then we have just Trish going to Rob's campsite. I don't know where Tommy yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't know. Trish is just wandering in the woods and comes up to Rob's campsite, and um. He nearly almost kills her out killed. of panic.
2: Yeah. yeah, nearly gets herself killed.
1: Yeah, and he's like, Oh hey, yeah, um, here's all these newspapers about the Jason I'm hunting because he killed my sister Sandra, who is the one one of the girls from part two. Yeah. And he's got this old ass newspaper about her dead body, even though in the timeline she was killed like two fucking days ago. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't had a whole lot of time to But it's like a pair. I've been hunting Jason for years.
2: It's felt like years anyway.
1: It's actually been like a day and a half. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, Jimmy has finished his time with Tina and is like, am I a dead fuck? And she's like, no, no, you're good. In fact, I want to go again. He's like, okay, I got to go do something first though. And he takes her panties downstairs and says, run that through your computer, Ted. How do you like them apples?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Basically.
1: Ted's down there all by himself, smoking pot and watching ancient porn. <laughs> yeah, high as fuck watching watching ancient stag films. Jimmy's like, I'm going to have a bottle of wine to celebrate, you know, having sex with this girl. Yeah. And he's like, where's the corkscrew? But Jason offers him a corkscrew. Yeah. Right. It's actually a really neat death, because he stabs his hand into the, the table with the corkscrew and then gives him a. A meat cleaver right through his face. Yeah. Very good effects.
2: I mean, uh, again, it's Tom Savini, that kind of goes without saying. Yeah.
1: Then uh, we get another neat death here, because Tina's, like, looking out the window, because it's raining. It rains in all of these goddamn films. Yeah. It rained in one. It rained in two. It rained in three.
2: It was, like, a major plot point in two, right? Where, like, the rain comes in.
1: Yeah. It is. It rains in this one, it rains in five, it rains in six, it rains in seven, it rains in eight. Jesus, it rains during the climax of every one of these fucking movies. I
2: don't think it rains in Jason F., because it's on a spaceship. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe the environmental controls go off and there's a sprinkler. System. Actually,
2: I can't remember. It's been a few years <laughs> that might actually happen.
1: But anyway, Jason just reaches up and takes Tina and yeets her out of the window. And throws we can, her
2: under a car. Technically survivable, but I don't think she did.
1: She hits that car pretty hard, busts out all the windows. Yeah. And she's only wearing, like, a, a t-shirt and some panties.
2: Yeah, I don't... It does not appear she makes it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Teddy is all alone again. He starts talking to the, the screen. He's like, give old teddy bear a kiss. And Jason kills him. But it also makes a weird timeline with these deaths. Because, like, Jason... Okay, he killed Terry outside. Yeah. Came in the house and killed Jimmy. Right. And then left the house to climb up this trellis to kill Tina. And then climb back down and go back into the house to kill Ted.
2: Yeah. Not the most efficient.
1: No. You think he would have killed Jimmy, then killed Ted, and then gone upstairs and just killed everybody up there?
2: Yeah, definitely some efficiency issues there.
1: So, uh, meanwhile, Sarah and Doug have completed their sex now.
2: And, and this is so... The sad thing about this is this is so cute. The whole... Their relationship, <laughs> this part, is so cute.
1: Yeah, because he's taking a shower and he's like, Sarah, I think I'm in heaven. And she's like, I think I'm in love.
2: Yeah, it seems like something out of, like, uh a melodramatic, like romance, like rom com or something.
1: Yeah. Doug singing in the shower when Jason just comes in and smashes his head.
2: Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. that's pretty, pretty hard.
1: Which Sarah doesn't hear because she's running the loudest fucking hairdryer in the world. So it's her industrial strength hairdryer and she can't live without it. And, uh, Sarah tries to flee when she finds the dead body. And Jason fucking
2: throws an axe at her through a door. Yep. Sorry, Sarah. Bad time to uh, decide it was sexy times.
1: Yeah, and then we learn that uh, Tommy's just been chilling at home now.
2: Yeah. Maybe he's been there the whole time. Who the fuck knows? (laughs)
1: Yeah. And he hears banging at the door, and he's like, oh, Gordon? No, it's just Rob and Trish. And then Gordon shows up, and they're like, stay here. We're gonna go check out the teen party. So Rob, Trish, and Gordon, they go next door to check things out, and of course it's a goddamn bloodbath over there you know that we we start to get the uh, this is the find all the dead bodies portion of the movie um and while they're they're over there with that tommy's like well i'm going to go through my new best friend rob's bag and look at all of the jason newspapers yeah the uh, jason attacks rob and trish in the basement with where we have the best fucking line
2: oh it's yeah he's yelling <laughs> he's killing me he's killing me yeah so dumb <laughs> I was having a discussion with a friend of mine about Ahsoka, and he was complaining about the writing in Ahsoka. And I'm like, I guarantee you, it's not as bad as the writing of the movie I just watched last night.
1: (laughs) He's just like, oh, he's killing me. So Trish, you know, runs around, finds all the dead bodies, gets back with Tommy. When Jason jumps through the window, which uh, legitimately scared the fuck out of young Corey Feldman. They didn't really like. Prep him for this stunt. They're like, okay, Cory, you're just gonna stand right here. And then the stamp man just jumps through the window and grabs him. And Cory's like, what the fuck? Um, so Tommy and Trish, they have their fights with Jason, then they're just all over this goddamn house. They're back and forth up the stairs, they're running into different rooms. Trish, for some reason, runs back across the street to the empty house to, uh, climb up to the top and jump out the window, only to run back to her house.
2: Uh, uh you know friday the 13th movie
1: well it gives enough time for tommy to go to the bathroom and start cutting his goddamn hair
2: yeah because he, he realizes the kid's story it's so, like i'm going to pretend to be the kid jason
1: yeah and um yeah so just as jason's about to kill trish tommy comes down with his like shaved head and his, his jason disguise he's like hey jason Jason hesitates for a moment like all of this work just to make Jason hesitate for a moment you know yeah. um Trish knocks off the hockey mask and then Tommy gets the machete and just fucking ruins Jason
2: yeah i mean you got to be you got to be pretty thorough fucking Jason's like rasputin got to stab castrate drown burn him yeah um there's a false death like he, he Tommy
1: sees like Jason's hand twitch and Tommy just goes full psycho. Yep. Just screaming, Die, 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 just hacking, hacking Jason to just bits. That's how you gotta do it. Let let Tommy cook. Let Tommy cook. Yeah, let him do it. And um so we get Tommy in the hospital and his sister's hugging him and we get this glimmer of this dead eyed evil Tommy. So yeah, that's this movie. Yeah. It's not the best and it's not the worst.
2: Yeah, it's a Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: Where I put it on with like the the coffee scale. It's like if you imagine like the Friday the 13th franchise has its own brand of coffee and these are all different flavors. Yes. This is just their their regular like medium roast. This your your
2: baseline. Yeah. Standard. Yeah. I feel you on that. It's definitely of the four we've watched the worst. It's the horniest it's it is the horniest that that is in fact true. Um, actually, it has some good stuff. It has some really good tension in parts where it's it, it, you know you get a little on edge and that's the key with horror film horror films it's so easy to do jump scares like that's so much bullshit like who cares? Yeah, but to build like actual tension that's how you build an actual horror film like you want to like be on edge. you want that just adrenaline running through like an hour and a half straight. That's how you make a good horror film. And, of course, Tom Savini nailed it, as usual, practical oh. effects.
1: Yep. Yeah, once you have Tom Savini, you know it's going to look good.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're going to get great kills, great practical effects, and you're going to enjoy that much of it. It's got shitty writing, though. It's, like, seriously, some of the worst writing in yeah. a movie.
1: But at least there's, there's genre veterans working on this one. Yeah. Um. Unlike some of the others that we'll get to. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a fine film. It's not the greatest. It's just right there. It's it's medium roast.
2: <laughs> it's it's medium, very horny roast.
1: Yeah. It's a
2: medium roast,
1: but you're like, did somebody
2: come in this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. Why is there why does it taste like semen? <laughs> yeah. Oh Se- semen roast.
1: <laughs> but yeah, anything else about this one?
2: No, it's it's fine. It's it's good. I, I was not unhappy to have watched it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I I had a good enough time with it.
1: Yeah, so uh our second episode this week is pretty obvious. It's Friday the thirteenth,
2: part five. Fuck it. Yep, no muss, no muss, no fuss. We're just going all in on Friday the thirteenth this week. Yep. And uh, next week is vigilantes. So we will... Which I mean, kind of what happened here as well. <laughs> you know, that's our Rob was a vigilante Rob was a vigilante until he he died screaming I'm he's killing me
1: he's killing me so we will catch you then just